Hey guys, this is Emma from The Horse Cure, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. Today, Eric and I had the distinct pleasure of talking with some of the ladies from Happy Trails Riding Academy in Tulare, California. Leslie, the executive director, Lisa, program director, Nicole, an instructor, and Lozen, barn manager, share about Happy Trails from its start many years ago to the hopes for its future. Happy Trails is a PATH International premier accredited therapeutic riding center offering a variety of programs to a variety of people. Happy Trails serves children and adults with physical, emotional, and cognitive disabilities with care, expertise, and compassion. Here we go with Happy Trails. So we'll just introduce ourselves first, ladies. If you want to introduce yourselves, what you do here, how long you've been here, that would be great. I'm Leslie Gardner, and I'm the executive director of Happy Trails Riding Academy, and I have been here for 11 years. I'm Lisa Kotamik, and I'm the program director and one of the instructors here, and I've been here for 22 years. My name is Nicole Payne, and I'm an instructor here at Happy Trails, and I have been here for one year. I'm Lozen Hendricks, and I'm the weekend feeder and class manager here. I've been here for about a year. Excellent. Okay. So I'd love to know a little bit of history about Happy Trails. You said 22 years. I didn't know it had been around for that long. When did Happy Trails start? So Happy Trails, we've actually been serving Tulare Kings and Fresno counties for 33 years. So we're just finishing up our 33 years. In those 33 years, we were at seven different locations having classes. And 15 years ago, we purchased the piece of property that you're at today and started building our forever home. So who was involved in the initial Happy Trails, the very first? Happy Trail all those years ago. TJ Barrero is our founder and TJ, I just met her this year in person, had been talking to her for the last 11 years that I've been here. And I honestly thought I was going to meet this little old lady. And she wasn't. She was, you know, in her mid 60s and had read a parade magazine years ago in the 80s that that used to come in the newspaper on Sundays. And there was an article about therapeutic writing. And so she started doing some homework. And that's where Happy Trails was first developed. We found in our in our archives, the letter that she had written to Roy Rogers about using the name Happy Trails. And so I think she started out with just one rider maybe and one horse and but had this great vision and was able to put together a board of directors that also believed in her vision. And today we have this beautiful facility and this great program. So what was her initial vision? Did she have a group of students or, or people that she thought, you know, I really see a need here or I want to help them? Or was she like, oh, therapeutic writing, that sounds kind of interesting. Maybe I should have that Well, I think because of the article she read, and I want to say it was adults and MS, I think that she really liked the idea of using the horse's movement to heal a person. So I think that's where it started, but she she knew it was far-reaching too, so certainly interested in children and helping them. So I think she initially, it was adults, but then she knew it would spread lots of need in this area with children with disabilities. So how has Happy Trails evolved? You said it kind of started with MS and adult. And now you serve a variety, right? You've got kids and adults. Yes. Well, I'd say initially there were adults and children. I remember people that have had a stroke. And um, so there are physical disabilities. I feel like that was the main focus. And then uh, through the years, it shifted to physical and developmental disabilities, learning disabilities. And then, of course, with the increase of diagnosis of autism, that really changed our ridership also. And then in the past five, six years, 
mental health has really has a, a great service area also. What do you see Happy Trails future being? And what type of health issues do you think will continue? Yeah, I, I still think that mental health will continue to grow. There will always be need to help people with physical and developmental disabilities that will always be there. But I see that that's really strong in our area and nationally too, that the mental health will keep increasing. And then the veterans are in that also. Is Happy Trails the only facility like itself in the region? So Happy Trails is a PATH certified program, Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship International. There's 880 therapeutic riding centers in the United States, about 80 plus in California, but we are it from Bakersfield to Modesto, um, premier accredited centers. So we do serve Tulare Kings in Fresno County. What does it take to be a PATH certified program? A lot. (laughs) A lot. We go through accreditation every five years, and this year there were 128 plus, plus or minus different policies and procedures that we had to have in place. And then with that, all of our instructors are certified through PATH as well. And we are premier accredited, so we're the next notch up. So we're very proud of that. What does it take to be the next notch? A lot more, it feels like. (laughs) It feels like lots of standards for us and a quality program. A quality program and a quality facility, which I think we are doing a good job in both. I would say so. Man, it's beautiful here. You know, that's that's what I want to hear when people come through the front gate, that everything is nice and shiny and pretty. To us, the community has built everything that we have on our facility, and this is a way for us to show our gratitude by keeping everything in its place and nice and tidy, and this is our thank you to the community. And this is your forever home, you said? Yes. And how many years ago did you say you started here? We bought it 15 years ago, and then we've been serving classes for 13, right? Yeah, it took us a couple of years to build. And we built one thing at a time. Whatever we could afford is what, what we built. I was just going to ask, so what was here? When you got the land, what was here? They had just knocked down. There was a stone fruit trees, and it was knocked down, 25 acres. So it was a blank slate. So there was dirt. That makes it even more amazing to see what is here now. Yeah. Okay, so how many staff and volunteers does Happy Trail typically have? So currently we have three full-time staff members, four part-time, and about 65 to 75 volunteers. So volunteers are definitely the backbone of our program, as well as the tremendous staff, because we do a lot with a little. What type of work do you have for your employees, part-timers, and then volunteers? So actually, I, I always say that Lisa and I are partners at Happy Trails. I run the business side of our nonprofit. We are a business. So I run the business side. Lisa's definitely the program side and the instructors all. We say they're full-time instructors, but there's a lot more than just instructing between their paperwork that they have to do, all the horse care and the training that goes on with the horses. Volunteers, there's everything from volunteering in class to pulling weeds. We can find something for you to do. painting fences. <laughs> There's something. So what kind of person comes and says, hey, I want to work here? Like, what's in their heart? What kind of people work here? Crazy people! <laughs> Why do you guys all show up? Because <laughs> it takes a special heart to want to do this, right? Absolutely. And I always say I was never going to be a lifer here. I was here for a year. <laughs> and I've been here for 11. Lisa, you tell us. <laughs> You've been here for 
22 years. Well, as far as an employee, I mean, you generally don't come for the money. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is a nonprofit. So to make it here, you have to be willing to work hard. You have to have a passion for it or it wouldn't be any fun. And that is a great motivator, you know. And I think just being a part of the classes, getting to know the students and the families, you've got to be a person that is open to watching the human spirit and just be open to great things going on and people really giving, you know, the the students give so much to us, so it's easy for us to give back, but you got to be willing to work hard. It's not your average job. It's a lot of outdoor and variety, variety. And I think just willing to give from the heart. So I grew up in 4-H. I grew up with horses, um, having that blessing. Um, so that was always a lot of fun. That was a big part of growing up. So the volunteer side of things is not super new to me. And then, of course, being around horses, that was a passion of mine growing up. And then when I left, after having grown up in Arizona and 4-H. Um, I left to go to school in Colorado to study to do this job. So I got to volunteer with other programs in Colorado while I was at school. So getting the experience as a volunteer was a good test run to see is this something that you really want to get into? And yes, yes it was. So <laughs> continued to volunteer through school and then after I graduated from school, I worked toward my certification to come out and do this job. So on my way home from Colorado, driving home to Arizona, I stopped here to interview at Happy Trails and then that was a little over a year ago. So I moved shortly thereafter to the area and while I was hired to teach, I feel like I've been doing a lot more learning in just, you know, this is my first year in the industry, in the program, um, in a job like this as a quote-unquote adult, if you will. Um, (laughs) So it's been more learning, I think, for me than teaching, though that's what I was hired to do. And there's a lot to learn from the courses, like Lisa said, the disabilities that you see the people that you encounter here um, really are remarkable and inspiring. So there's a lot goes into it besides just teaching a lesson to a person with a disability. It far exceeds that kind of a work environment. Um, I was raised in horses too. I did hunter jumper, triple A jumping shows, and I came to a point in my life I had stopped after a year of college and I didn't really have anything going on. And one of my great aunts is actually a board member here and she said, call Happy Trails. They're looking for someone. Call Happy Trails. And so I called Leslie one day and I'm like, I hear there's an opening. (laughs) And few months later, after a few phone interviews, I came down and toured the facility, got to know everybody, and volunteered, and fell in love here. <laughs> fell in love with this place, with these people, the horses, the students. It's You have to <laughs> definitely be willing to work hard and struggle and watch the students struggle and overcome their challenges that they do. <laughs> we, have a, we have a good cry yeah. every day Everyone, out here. There's everybody. always something good that happens. And having Nicole and Lozen has been a great addition to our family out here. Like I said, we're a small staff, so we all work very close and know each other very well. And, and we've been, we're very fortunate to, to have these two join us. Get some young blood in here. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you service? What type of people come to Happy Trail? And how do you guys help? Well, uh, like I said before, there there are those different areas of the physical and developmental the cognitive disabilities and um, mental health. And um, who comes? Well, they don't have to have um, passion for horses already. I hope that they develop that as they 
ride with us and work with the horses. But I think a lot of times it is families networking, talking together, what works, what's in our area. And I think we've become a pretty strong service in the Tri-County, pretty well known. We are very inclusive, so we try to help as many people as we can. And then through the mental health program, that is a new avenue for us. So you see all kinds of kids. That is a children program from ages 5 through 18. So the disabilities you would see there, people dealing with these disabilities, it would be depression is just huge, and anxiety, oppositional defiance, conduct disorder, ADHD, certainly. Titles like that, but when they come here, they're just regular kids. They're just really blessed. Well, like you said, we do have the children that come out here for the mental health program, and they are, like you said, a lot of mood disorders, a lot of different kind of stuff that you would hope to not see, of course, in a child. Um, it seems like it's a lot of environmental stuff. And then we see in our therapeutic writing stuff that tends to be more learning disability. Sometimes it's a physical disability, a developmental delay, something like that. And so it's all spectral. So we have writers who would be considered maybe like a low functioning, maybe they're nonverbal, they don't have great use of what we would consider natural aids, they're riding aids, so they're physically not able to direct the horse very effectively, but we have wonderful volunteers um, to support those teams all the way up to what you might see, you might think is, you know, a typical able-bodied riding class where the kids are, you know, they're working really hard, they're using all of their aids, and the physical gains that they're making are tremendous. Um, so it really is all over um, that spectrum, and of course, like Lisa said, we have kids, younger school-age kids, all the way up to adults who have been riding here at Happy Trails for much longer than I have been alive. So <laughs> it really is cool to see kind of how things run the gamut here where you see really people from all walks of life and they're struggling, working, thriving through so many different things. And to be a part of that journey is really a blessing each day. Um, and to come to work on a property like this is really more than you could say on a podcast. But it's, it's pretty cool. It's to hard to come down the driveway grumpy. Yes. <laughs> Who refers to Happy Trails? Do you get physician referrals or rehab referrals or, or do people just come on their own and say, hey, this looks like something I'm interested in? Yes, I'd say all of those. We do have some doctors in the area that, that are very familiar with us. So when they see a student that they think could benefit, so that's a great help. One of our instructors is an occupational therapist. So she she also a full-time um, occupational therapist at her rehab hospital. So there's a great connection there. So again, the physical therapist and the occupational and speech therapist send students our way. And then um, word of mouth through the parent-to-parent -parent and their networking groups. Um, sometimes they just, they do see us on TV or hear about us on radio or different medias. And we try to talk to whoever will listen to us. Mm -hmm. And I always say that I think we're a hidden secret in the in in the community. They've heard of Happy Trails because we've been around for so long, but not quite sure what we do. So anybody that will let us come and give us 15 <laughs> minutes, we would love to tell our story too. And we've been doing that quite a bit lately. So we get a lot of people that way that'll call and say, hey, listen, we heard you guys talk at this or that. And, you know, we've got a, I've got a child or a grandchild or a, something. So we've been very fortunate in our 33 years that we haven't had to go look for a lot of writers. We, we've, we've been very fortunate in that, that way. We, we're always full. Do insurances cover costs of this for different kinds of care? So this is still considered non-traditional therapy. Okay. And so we've got a couple of families that we do not build here. We're too small of a staff and we just don't have the resources. Um, we do have a few parents that will turn in to their insurance, but we do not build. 
Okay, I wondered about that as it becomes more hopefully of a right. normalized thing. Right. Well, yeah. and we do charge our riders. We charge thirty dollars a ride. They ride in a twelve-week session, so they'll ride for the twelve weeks is three hundred and sixty dollars. No one has ever turned away for lack of finances, and we're on the honor system. You pay what you can pay. Here's your bill and um, you pay what you can pay. And then that's part of my job at a happy trail is to backfill that money. That's a bargain when you think what a regular lesson costs oh, yeah. somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. So talk about the classes and programs you have. I looked around on your website a little bit and vaulting? I mean, you've got some really cool stuff. I'd like to hear more about what you have. Well, so I always say the basis of our program is therapeutic writing. So in those classes, they are learning basic English and Western writing skills time after time. And um, we say that we teach horsemanship here. What we mean by that is we teach from the ground up. There are always ground lessons, and um, we're always trying to create a great partnership between the student and the horse. So therapeutic writing is maybe 50 percent of the week, maybe not quite that much, but I'll let Nicole talk about mental health. That's a question. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, I'm reading it too. Okay, so talk about your classes and your programs. What do you guys do? Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Earlier we had talked about um, with the mental health classes they do, they are working towards psychotherapy goals, so that class is set up to be a partnership between who would be considered by path uh, equine specialist in mental health and learning. So in that partnership, you're abbreviated with your ES, your equine specialist. So that person is the advocate for the horse. They're teaching the horsemanship skills. They're responsible for the safety of the folks in the class. But as a partner, you're working with a mental health professional. So we have a partnership with the Tulare Service Bureau here in town. So they have therapists coming out, mental health professionals coming out here, one per class. And myself as an instructor in the ES would work together with that person to teach. So we're teaching horsemanship, but the mental health part is sprinkled in as the riders are working towards psychotherapy goals. So it's kind of via the horse. And actually, most of the therapy occurs with the horse in terms of a lot of the breakthroughs that you see. They don't come from, you know, opening up, talking about your feelings or however the therapist chooses to approach it. These breakthroughs come through, you know, the relationship that the child is able to develop with the horse, which is really inspiring to consider that, you know, you've got a thousand pounds of a prey animal sitting underneath you and they're here to work alongside you as a partner and bring out all of these incredible things in a child who probably otherwise would not have that kind of an opportunity. So clientele that we see with the the program is called Equine Facilitated Psychotherapy. I suppose that would have been a good thing to start with. But the EFP classes, those are their kids and their Oftentimes, you might consider typically developed, so the physical disability is not typically a factor in those classes. So they are more able-bodied compared to what you might see in a therapeutic riding class, and certainly more so than you would see in an equine-assisted therapy class. But So they're working more on those skills. The skills tend to come a little more quickly, um, but those psychotherapy goals are things like maybe just improving communication or improving confidence, you know, to overcome these things. Um, like Lisa had talked about your anxiety and depression. Um, what kinds of things can you get and offer this child that would benefit them outside, just to you know your coaching skills, essentially. So it's a great thing to work with a therapist who maybe is familiar with those diagnoses more so than your ES, um, who they're, of course, there to advocate for the child and provide the therapeutic side of therapy, but then you have a course there that the child is working for independence, they're working on these skills. So horsemanship covers a lot that's beyond just horses. You can take a lot of those skills out into the world and that's, I think, a lot of what Lisa is talking about with. There's horsemanship, uh, but this is certainly not uh, like a pony ride service. Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot more going on in it than that. 
There's also equine-assisted therapy with the occupational therapist that I talked about. So that's a totally different kind of class where the student is not learning to ride, but we're using the horse's movement as this great dynamic platform. So the same thing that you could do in a clinical setting, she's doing with a moving horse. It's a lot more fun, and they don't hopefully realize that it is therapy for them. <laughs> she works with the very young, so four-year-old, five-year-old, with the very physically involved. So maybe a person has a traumatic brain injury from a car accident, something like that. She's just using the horse's movement in a way to benefit them to teach their body normal human posture and movement once again on the physical aspect. And then also it, it could be working on the social aspect too if it's someone on the autistic spectrum, um, which is very common in her classes. She works with a lot of those young kids. So that one is, is quite different, but the horses are highly motivating and it's a blast. You, you hear, hear them laughing all the time. And, <laughs> and, uh, it's a really fun class. And then um, there is interactive vaulting. So I always say it is not classic vaulting. It's not competitive. It's comical. <laughs> we just have a great time. So vaulting is gymnastics or ballet on a moving horse. And they're doing all these different positions. And we do it at the walk. And um, we can do singles, doubles, and triples. But when you are vaulting on a horse, it's a total body workout. So the students that generally come to that class are on the autistic spectrum. They do great. If they don't have the muscle-brain connection to guide their horse from point A to point B in riding, then generally they can get on the back of the horse and make all these different moves. And um, so much so, they could be standing on their horse with their eyes closed. And then please open your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> they're scared. Um, but they're so comfortable up there. But it is hard work. A lot of kids have low tone, so we're working on muscle strength, muscle memory. Also, children with mild disabilities, if they can run, there is that part of it. They need to be able to jog a little bit, and they need to have some self-preservation. When they see that big draft horse coming at them, they need to know move out of the way. <laughs> um, they, they have to follow directions, but... They have a great time, too, and they learn to love that service. That looks like fun. Also a big challenge. I'm not sure that I could do that. I'm sure. yeah. yeah, they really push themselves, I think, in all classes, but they do really get great effort. And then we have a great vaulting horse, Emma. Yes, her name is Emma. <laughs> She's on the website. She's a big, solid girl. Huh? Yeah. Had she done vaulting before? No. We got her as a six-year-old, and we taught her how to do it, and she Excellent. And there is the veterans program also. And that one, we usually start on the ground, eight to 10 weeks on the ground. And there's actually so much you can do. And then when they come back, then they get to ride. But again, we're focusing on creating this quiet, dependable, confident leader of the horse. I would imagine your people get really attached to your horses. <laughs> they do. I would think that'd they be do. hard once it's graduation time. Yay, you graduated. I'm sorry, your horse stays here. <laughs> right, right. I think every student, they get attached to their very first horse. <laughs> that That's always, and they don't necessarily want to change, but change is good. You're growing. But I do have one veteran that is attached to our draft pony, and they just have the best relationship. <laughs> and <laughs> So I don't know when you would change. I don't know. Those are really, really interesting classes. And again, generally you have really high anxiety and their week's been tough so this is a break in their week and a lot of times they'll say I can't wait to get there 
And it's just different. One thing I realized, it took me many years to realize this, but we're about reducing stress for the staff members, for the riders, for the volunteers, for the horses. We all work on reducing stress. <laughs> so they come from a very stressful background. So it's just like night and day. So that it's nice for them to come and make that shift during the class and just get some peace. And you get to provide that. Mm-hmm. It's a cool place out here. It's say, a pretty cool place. Your heart just burst open. You know, you get to see those changes in people and provide that release for them. So talk about your facilities here. So you started bare bones, flat piece of land. Yep. That's not um, what so, it is no. so we are on 25 acres and I think our first project was our horse barn. So we've got a great horse barn, a 20 stall barn, to my right, 21, 21 stall barn. And just a, it's a beautiful barn. All the horses are in at night. And during the day, if they're not in classes or when they're not in classes, we've got about mm, 10 to 15 acres of pasture for the horses to to be out on. We have a covered arena. It's 100 by 300, so it's a football field. Beautiful arena. Last year, we finished our 10-acre expansion, and we have two additional pastures, a cart-driving path through it, and then a convertible model arena with no (laughs) lid. It's a... 150 by 350. It's a huge 300. It's a, it's a huge arena. So we absolutely have plenty of space to have classes and to grow and different places to ride. We have a two-acre sensory trail that was a in our special use permit. We needed it a ponding basin. And so it's been turned into a beautiful park. And we are just in the final stages the next couple of days of being done with our hay barn and shop area. So yeah, we've been very, very fortunate. And, and we've got a great office and therapy room. And we're about built out. <laughs> we where I think we're about done. So, and like I said, do our very best that this place is nice and shiny anytime you come, any any day of the year. That we really work hard to make sure that it it looks nice at all times. Can you tell me about your sensory trail? I saw that on the website. How do you use that? The sensory trail is a really fun alternative for like if you're in a riding class. Um, we do a lot of work in the arena, so and a lot of times it is in the covered arena, given the weather and the climate out here. We do enjoy the covered arena for the hot days. It's a nice reprieve from the sunshine but it is flat in there so you do get a lot of the natural light we certainly still get warm under there but it is a really nice opportunity to go outside because certainly not all horseback riding is done on a flat arena so it's a really cool opportunity to get outside we call it the sensory trail because you do get to use all of your senses out there um so there's a lot to see there's a lot to hear there's a lot of plants a lot of animals in the back there that are not happy trails um, <laughs> not part of the typical <laughs> experience so there's a lot to hear see smell you know, seasonally there's different plants. We have herb troughs out there. There's a lot of flowers and there are fruit trees, things like that out there. So you can pick them up, you can eat them. And there's a water feature out there. So there's a lot of sensory stuff to get into out there. So you can ride out there. There are changes in elevation. There are changes in surfaces. So certainly your posture adjusts even when you're walking and then certainly when you're riding. There's a change in posture. So that's an an exciting challenge for our riders to be out there in that. And then it's also different footing. So it's soft in some places, it's harder in others. There's grass, sand, gravel, so it sounds different when the horse is on it. It feels different. You know, the concussion feels different in your seat through your body. The change in elevation certainly are a new experience. And it's a great place to be out there, even if you're not riding. There's a lot to be learned out there on the ground. And we had a summer camp for the first time we hosted summer camps out here. And Lisa had the one rule when we went out there to ride around was to go to church. 
So, <laughs> and well, have fun. Go, go, too. go. Yeah. Don't get hurt and stay in the fence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stay within the fence of the But it is, you know, generationally, as we see these changes where kids don't go outside to play as often, you know, the physical, the motor development, the planning, that kind of thing, has the time to really shine out there without having to pull in with the horses. So, of course, the kids love being around the horses, but there is an element of just being a kid and getting to run around and play in the dirt, pick the grass, whatever you're doing out there. Yes, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. <laughs> we probably have more unmounted activities mm-hmm. that go on in Sensory Trail. It's a great place to have rider parties and celebrations and hide Easter eggs and <laughs> all kinds of fun stuff. So it's a huge part of our facility and, and one that was not on the top of our list to have. I mean, we, we wanted a covered arena forever and the local Kiwanis clubs wanted a project. So they were able to pull resources and we talked to everybody and anybody that would listen and told them we had a list of what we wanted and we were able to get that finished and forever it just looked like some rocks with some <laughs> sticks coming out and now we have just a beautiful park-like facilities. We get asked if we want to do weddings all the time. And we don't. Do you host shows and stuff here? Your arenas are spectacular. We've hosted a couple of times. Go ahead, Lisa. Yes, um, we've had uh, trail challenges here okay. where we've set up trail obstacles in two arenas and then in a sensory trail. And we've done um, a trail clinic here. So we'd like to do more. We have a really tight schedule in our year, so it's hard to fit it in. But it's great when you can get other horse people here to see what we can offer. And maybe they'd like to help as far as volunteering in class. And you're right, it is a, a beautiful place to ride. And so we hope to do more of that. But one other thing I was going to say about the sensory trail is a lot of times Nicole will go out there with the mental health classes and Beth, our other teacher, and um, just sit and, and talk and or not talk, not say a word or journal. It's just a, another really peaceful place. And uh, it was interesting. Initially, we found out that those kids don't know how to sit on boulders. So they'd have a journal and try to write and they couldn't stay up on their boulders because they have just never experienced that before. Or, you know, to climb a short tree or... <laughs> Whatever it is, walk on the railroad ties. Yeah, just anything that we just kids do that. And uh, we have a little pond and a waterfall, and so they wear their water socks, and they're usually set up in pairs, teams, and one gets in and gets something (laughs) from the waterfall. The other one has to help them out. Don't get hurt. Don't drown. (laughs) (laughs) Simple rules around here. (laughs) But like you said, how freeing though, because right, love it, right, love it. And we don't think about that living in the largest agriculture community in the world. Right. You wouldn't think that kids aren't outside. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing how many aren't, just not. Well, okay, so talk about the horses. What have you got here? And what does it take to become a therapeutic horse? Do they have to be certified or have certain behavioral qualifications? <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, uh, the program director just pointed at the new instructor. I've been here 22 years. Yeah, we do that. That's true. That's true. At least experienced. We have got 17 equines in the barn, so we have got 16 horses and a miniature donkey, who is our finest PR marketing tool. Um, <laughs> who doubles as a pick 
pocket, so we need it out there. Um, she's also our dinner bell, our class bell. She's a lot of things for us, Miss Abigail. Um, so she, we get asked often if she gets ridden or used in the program, so she is not a riding animal. A lot of photos are taken with and of Abigail seasonally and with our tour groups that come out occasionally, so that's kind of her role. She's a, she's a hoot and a half. And then she's got buddies in the barn. We've got, what did you say earlier? Every size, shape, make, make it model. model. <laughs> <laughs> out here, so we've got a giraffe cross. He's a registered giraffe pony, so he is three different short, broad breeds all put into one. <laughs> so he is the horse that Lisa was mentioning earlier, the veteran that comes out and rides with us who's really attached to this little guy, Ridge, is his name. Um, he is, I think he's the shortest next to Abigail, but he's very wide. He's very broad. He's the sweetest little thing. He's the boss of the boys, which is pretty cool. <laughs> he's smallest and he's in charge out there. And then we've got kind of in between, we have a Mustang, we've got a gated horse, we have several quarter horses. We all have, you know, just like the riders and the people that come out here, they come from all walks of life, lots of different backgrounds. And then we have all the way up to Emma is our vaulting horse and she is a draft cross. So she's the tallest, the heaviest, she's one of the coolest out there. <laughs> um, they're all favorites, of course, but she's right. she's pretty magnanimous to walk by and to look and see that she works with a lot of kids is pretty cool. Lisa, you can maybe talk more about what it takes to be out here as a horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that there is a process and we're almost always full, but when we have a hole, I try to look for a horse that can fill that void. We have a waiting list. People are calling sometimes every week wanting to donate their horse. So it's a good place to be. I'll generally go out for a site visit, see the horse there, have them ride the horse, handle the horse, and ask a lot of questions, fill out forms, and just be with the horse and see what kind of personality it has, and is it open to a stranger, and you know how personable is it. This is not a job for every horse. If I feel like it's a good candidate, we'll bring it here. And they go through a 60 to 90 day trial period where we are exposing them to all the activities of the day, what it's like to have a leader. They never needed a leader before. What it's like to have sidewalkers. They really don't need sidewalkers. <laughs> so it's quite a change for them. And then toys and props and wheelchair and crutches, things like that. They, they kind of have to be able to pass some tests for sure. And that it needs to be just a best fit match. Um, they might have a great personality and be super trained, but this might not be their thing. So that is, to me, the most important thing. Is it a good fit for them? Therefore, they can be a really good therapy horse for us. So it is definitely a process. And, and even though we bring in horses that we feel passed all the tests and are going to be great in the program, it may be a year. Those are usually the roping horses. It takes a year for them to kind of go, oh, this is what you're doing. Yeah, you don't have to chase a steer. <laughs> and so their job changes, and they're usually pretty serious about their job. So it definitely takes a while, and it takes a whole group of people to get that horse ready. It just takes hours and hours, as it should. Is it always a donation, or do you have some like short-term leases or anything like that? We do have a lease program. Most of them are donations. Right now, our only leases are leased from instructors, two of our instructors. So we afford everything it takes to keep that horse healthy and happy. Where it would stop is like a major medical. Then it, a lease horse would go back to the owner. You make the decision on that. It's your horse. So they may take the horse back. 
So sometimes horses will retire from here, but usually we have them for years and years. We don't rotate horses out too often because we've spent so much time developing them. And so we just try to give them a really good life here. What kind of work can a horse expect if they come to have a trail? It's considered light work. It really is. It's walk and trot. The maximum number of classes, like their average is five a week, five classes a week, which nationwide is probably pretty small. We can go six, occasionally seven, but learned not to do more than that because we really want them happy. How much work does a horse usually look yeah. forward to when they come here? So we we say they do need to be sound mm-hmm. in all four lanes because it is hard work. It's physically hard for them because you have students that are off-centered, asymmetric, have spasticity and different things that they're dealing with, low tone. It's actually hard work for the horse physically and then mentally, definitely in the mental health classes they take in all of our anxiety or low moods, fear, they take all that in. So that is can be very challenging for them too. So we require a lot of them, but then we do give them breaks and just keep track of how are they doing in class. I think it would be interesting because horses do absorb so much more than we know we're giving off sometimes too. And you really have to find the right fit for the right person, it seems like. Mm-hmm. When students come here, do they say, I want that one? Or do you kind of pair up with the, the person with the horse? That's one of the parents' 10 things you should know. <laughs> the instructor picks the horse. Okay. Um, and there are safety reasons for that. And plus, you have a whole, uh, whole you know, 65, 70 riders you've got to schedule. So, you know, a horse can't work too hard. But they usually say, I want to ride the white horse. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. The princess horse. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, occasionally do that. On your website, all your horses just look beautiful, shiny, healthy, just happy. And, and they're beautiful horses. Some really tidy looking, good looking horses out there. And like you said, you got that paint to a pretty fancy heritage. Yeah, we've got some nice show horses that, you know, competed in the world finals. And we've got a wide variety. Like I said, we try to treat them really well, keep them happy, try to do some interesting things with them in their off time. What a lovely place to come and unwind after that kind of life. You come here, you're still getting used and exercise and work and people and everything. But, you know, you're not just out to pasture. But you're not, you know, like I said... On that stair down. If, if you get to Happy Trails as a horse, this is the place to retire. <laughs> this is the place to be. If you make it, this is the place to be for sure. Where to go? Lots of hugs and kisses, I would imagine, yes. all the way around. Yeah, yeah much love. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you talk about some of your favorite stories, success stories, or favorite clientele? Okay, so there might be some crying during this. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is you too. <laughs> I can cry about the donor that gave us all kinds of money that was chosen. But that's not the good stuff that happens in Happy Grills. So, so, so yeah, we, we're very fortunate that there's over 300 nonprofits in Tulare County. And with that, we're all buying for the same dollar. And so it's very inspiring to see how the community takes care of all of us. And so we're very, very fortunate. We have a couple of donors that are huge advocates and whatever we need is there for us and so we're just and then ones that just kind of pop out out of nowhere and so those those are every amount whether it's five dollars or we haven't gotten five million yet but (laughs) five hundred thousand dollars those are all all those donations make us work so 
those are the cool things that I get to see besides the stories that I hear in the office and good cries. So, okay, which one of you is going to do it first? Yeah, certainly it's so great to be a part of someone's recovery. We had a, a young lady here who had been in a car accident. She was hit on the right side of her head, so affected on the left side. And when she first came to us, she was scared. She had every reason to be scared. She was using a wheelchair, difficulty speaking. They told her she'd never walk or talk again. She would basically be in a rehab hospital. But the parents are super supportive and active. And so when her first ride, she was like laying forward on the horse. She couldn't bring her trunk up. And so to see that change, and it wasn't all happy trails, we got to be a part of it. But to see her go from being a paraplegic to walking with a cane and walking with I'm not looking at you. <laughs> she started it. <laughs> walking with assistance from her mom or dad or it's just awesome. And she had the great fighting spirit that sometimes got in the way, but <laughs> but it, it really kept her going and uh, just neat to be a part of that. And the relationship between this student and the occupational therapist is just funny and combative and they just, you know, spur each other on. So you get to know them pretty well. So that's a huge success story and that's just one of them. We've had certainly some other people with physical disabilities that have come along that way also. You know, one of, one of my favorite ones, because it's so different and I never thought that Happy Trails would be helpful, but we had one student with autism that competed in a horse show in LA. We go once a year. It's a, the largest horse show for riders with disabilities on the West Coast. And uh, so it's a pretty big deal. And she's very smart and never looked at me when she was being taught, would look at her shadow, but she heard every word I said and knew the pattern right off the bat. And anyway, she had a really good show. And weeks later after the show, her mom said, for the first time, she can write an essay. She could never do that before. She couldn't bring it out of her brain to write a story. She couldn't make anything up. And uh, she just didn't have that imagination. So she wrote an essay about the horse show. First, Lisa makes me do this. Then Lisa makes me do that. And it went on and on like that. <laughs> Taskmaster. But it enabled it. It opened up a world of writing other essays about other experiences and then you know she could start to see there's a world outside there so that was such a neat gift to, again to be a part of that wow I never realized that could happen so in my one whole year of experience here at Happy Trails I don't have that many inspiring stories probably because I'm missing a lot of stuff as I'm trying to take in all of these new things trying to sponge everything in and learn from as much as I can so I think there's probably a lot of nuanced things that I'm missing but it was neat to see recently we had a writer who started he had done two sessions with us with the mental health classes and he had started with our other instructor Beth and in the second session I had the pleasure of working with him and he started kind of high anxiety, nervous so we talked about each writer has a leader who manages the horse, gets the horse ready before class uh, manages the horse while the class is going on, while the writer's riding, um, they're on for safety. As the writer becomes more independent, the leader's job is less and less tasking in terms of managing the horse they're on for safety. They're trying to be aware of the horse there. This particular writer started, of course, with a leader and also with a sidewalker. So he's a typically developed young man and not physically disabled. It didn't appear in any way. So, but he had the sidewalker because he was nervous. Some anxiety going into the session, but he finished by the end of the 12 weeks that he and I worked together in this class. He was without volunteers and it was very cool for him to be able to invite the volunteers that he had worked with in the past 
to come watch his final session. So, and you never know what goes on outside of this stuff. So I have to imagine that it's very empowering for somebody who maybe is disadvantaged or, you know, is looked upon as different in his, you know, among his peers. How very empowering it must feel to be completely in charge of a horse in front of an audience, especially to do, he opted to do a drill pattern. So he wrote um, with Lozen for his final week um, for an audience of, of volunteers that he had worked with in the past, his previous instructor and somebody from his outside world he was able to bring into Happy Trails as well. Invited those people to come and see the progress that he had made and just all these things that he was able to overcome and to eventually get to the point where he was riding without any assistance. You know, he's able to manage his horse, remember a pattern, perform it well, all totally independent. So didn't need any verbal prompts to remember, you know, anything, no cognitive, anything like that. Everything was just ready to go. He was there. So that was pretty cool. Not any, you know, huge physical breakthroughs or anything, but I thought that was really neat. Just to see the progression, and that's very short term, you know, 12 weeks is a very small amount of time, but to see the humongous growth from week one to, you know, I don't know if I can do this, anything volunteers do, I don't you know, anything. Confidence-inducing. What's funny, too, I was thrown into this group <laughs> about a week before it ended, so I rode with him once before we did the drill together, so I didn't quite have the pattern in my head the whole time. So I'm watching him and following him the whole time, you know, and then at one point I'm like, are we supposed to do this and this? And like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it, Wilson. <laughs> Wait, is this, is this, are we coming up on the goggles? I was like, yes, I think so. <laughs> Do you have any stories to share? Again, I've only been here a year, but I think this transformation is still happening with one of our students in the EFL classes, which is equine facilitated learning, which is more, as Lisa says, character based. And we had him for a spring session, and when he came, he was, what's the right word? <laughs> He moved a lot. He just always had to be moving. Sensory issues. Sensory issues. Seeking joint-to-joint impression. Sensory kind of stuff. And very, I don't want to say needy, but he was very open to affection and like he really wanted that too and so sometimes he would perhaps come in for like a full hug when we're only supposed to do a side hug or like a handshake like he was very much like oh come here you know I love you I'm like known us for a day (laughs) (laughs) that kind of stuff yeah yeah there we go And then by the end of the session, he started getting a little better, a little calmer, and then he came back for this fall session, and it felt like almost a different kid. He really grew up, and, you know, I met him the first day, and he came up, and he looked me in the eye, and he shook my hand, and he said, hi, I'm so-and-so. It was just like, wow, <laughs> you know, and he's just seeing him from last session to this session, he's changed so much, he's much calmer now, you know, he can stand still, and he's sweet, and he's working on boundaries, he really is, it's cool, it was cool just to see that. These are things that we sometimes can take for granted, you know, Eric and I were talking on the way here, people who don't know how to shake a hand, you know, certain things like that, that you maybe just don't know, and, and how important that is in their future, being able to say, you know, hello, I am, or, you know, present yourself in a manner that inspires confidence. That's exciting and to think that you can learn that here too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Learn everything from Yes, I think in all the classes we look at how can we help them be successful in life, especially in the mental health classes and the equine facilitated learning. What do they need? What does it take? How can we make their school life better, the home life better? And you can do so much with the horse. One thing that in the mental health class and the learning class we pick a word or phrase of the day. So it really is teaching them the cowboy way or just morals and ethics and 
uh, just about anything positive you want to teach, you can teach with the horse. What a treat. What a gift that you guys have to give here. I just love it. Well, we'll wrap with talk about fundraisers, future plans, goals for Happy Trails. And how can people help? Any number of ways. (laughs) That's like a long question. (laughs) So we are at almost a half a million dollar a year budget, which is huge for Happy Trails in the last 10 to 12 years, which is a huge budget. But when you see the facility, you think that's all your budget is. And so we've been very, very fortunate. We've got a great board of directors. Happy Trails is completely debt-free with a great reserve, and we have all of our finances in line, which doesn't mean we don't need money, right? Because <laughs> we still have to operate every day. And one thing I always like to tell people when we go talk is we're different than any other nonprofit. We operate 365 days a year, whether we've got classes going on or not. We've got a facility and we've got horses to take care of. So we're always looking for our bottom line monthly expenses are the same no matter if we have classes or we don't have classes. So we have three revenue revenue sources that make up our budget. One is our fundraisers. So we have two major fundraisers a year. We have one in the spring, which is Night at the Races, which is horse races at our convention center, our local convention center. And that is our trying to get it to $150,000. That's our $120,000 event a year. And we worked very hard to get to that. We just had our fall event, which is Roundup, which is out at Happy Trails to show off our facility, show what we do. And that is we want anyone and everyone from the community to come out. So we just had 600 people at that event a couple of weeks ago, and it felt like all of 600. It was a lot of people. It was a lot of people. And then to kind of flank that, um, our end of the year giving is our Adopt-a-Thon. So we have Adopt-a-Smile for $25 all the way up to $2,500 of that. That supports a rider for a year to ride at Happy Trails. And in between that, we have our horses adopted. We'll adopt a cat. We'll adopt anything you want. We will. We'll. We'll find something to put your name on for a year. And then grants and donations is a second stream. And then our third stream is... Her shirt. You have a 5K too. Yes, we have. It's been two years since we've had a 5K. Um, so we've got some little ones plugged in there. So um, training for that. So they have, yes, have yes. So we're having a 5K this year. Maverick's Pony Express 5K. And then we have a contract for our mental health, providing mental health with Tulare County. So those are our three revenue streams. But again, always involved in different things. We were just at last week, we had a tree and a Christmas tree auction, a local Christmas tree auction that was fun. It wasn't a huge money maker, but it helped buy a roll-up door in our That's in the hay barn. So yes, so it's you know we try to be involved as much as we can. We try to collaborate with other nonprofits. So there's there's always plenty of work on that end to do. All right, goals for the future. You said guys have kind of expanded as far as you're going to go. So there's still a couple of things I think that we want to do on our facility. One is we need to have a on-site person. We don't right now, and so that that's probably our next project, our building project. We always want to be able to help as many people as we can. So expanding services are always always at the top of the list. But it's not just putting more riders in the seat. It's more staff, that um, more volunteers and more horses. So we've always been slow, steady growth. And so that's been our motto. And we've stayed pretty true to that. So I think just a top-notch quality program. Like I don't know who said 
We don't give pony rides. We're not interested in that. We want to make a difference. We want to make sure we're always doing the right thing and safety number one. So that's always going to be at the top of our list. Just kind of seeing where the community goes, Mm -hmm. trying to fulfill those needs. And like I said before, I really think that mental health will grow and the veterans program will grow. The other aspects will be there also. But we want to be flexible and I always say be the best and the brightest at whatever we do. There's not a lot of path centers that offer as many different programs as we do. You know, they may focus just on one or the other, but it's what the community has needed. And so we're trying to provide that need. That is great. A big thank you to Leslie, Lisa, Nicole, and Lozen for taking the time to share Happy Trails Riding Academy with us. We got a tour of the grounds after our interview and were amazed at what a beautiful and well-kept facility Happy Trails is. As always, our show notes will give you specific contact information for our guests, but much more can be found at happytrailsridingacademy.org. Thank you, Happy Trails, for all that you do. Thank you for listening to the Horse Cure Podcast, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. You can find more information at thehorsecure.com and by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 